0: Welcome in to It's Utah's World, Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle, uh, Nate Wade Subaru. By the way, Steve, do I have some news surrounding Nate Wade Subaru that I need to get? Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and call it, you know, the little ad-lib, the little Nate Wade Subaru ad-lib that we do. We're going to be going. We're going to be going to Nate Wade Subaru. Let's go. Shortly. Yeah, we're going to be doing some podcasts for remotes from... The dealership, which we are incredibly excited about, and we will will be able to report whether or not the popcorn machine is ready, uh, working. Um, Oh, yeah. There will be changes. I imagine they would have, you know, with gloves and masks and all that safety precaution, they're probably going to fill the bags up, put them out there for the clients that do make their way in. You're not going to be able to pack your own bag, unfortunately, but it's the times that we're in. Uh, And, of course, the soda machine. We'll have access to the soda machine, so that'll be cool. Cool.
1: Another positive.
0: You know what I get at this is this is um, a little embarrassing, but you know at the same time I'm kind of proud of it. Um, whenever I go to Nate Wade Subaru, I, um, I I get a beverage from the soda machine, but I don't get a soda from the soda machine. I get an apple juice.
1: A what? Yeah. Like an, an apple juice. Like for yourself? Yeah. I love
0: apple juice, and I don't drink apple juice ever because it's one high in sugar, and and so I try and stay away from it. But it's apple juice. If I go to a, a soda fridge, and they have like a – you know those small cartons with the straws that you poke in them?
1: <laughs> yeah, that you used to like, get in you know, like elementary school? Yeah. Yes.
0: I just squeeze that carton as hard as I can and suck it down. It's the most <laughs> – Thing I anyway yeah a little fun fact for you guys I love apple juice but I don't buy it at the store at the grocery store can't tell you the last time I bought it at the grocery store and um <laughs> and I drink it at Nate Wade Subaru I love it their apple juice is crisp I'm telling you
1: so we've got popcorn we've huh? got soda machine and we've got apple juice yeah all of which you can find at Nate Wade Subaru
0: yes but most importantly
1: uh, and to get to the serious stuff
0: low pressure buying oh,
1: experience. Yeah.
0: 50 plus years in the business. The oldest Subaru dealership in our backyard, people, in our backyard. So um, we will update you when we get the confirmed dates as to when we will be there. You will be required to wear masks. I don't care if Nate Wade Subaru doesn't have a mask regulation um, you and I will have a mask regulation, yeah to us. we will demand and order you to be wearing a mask, and we hope uh, we don't we hope obviously we don 't lose too many listeners because of that, but it 's for your safety it 's for Steve and ice and my safety and for the general public it's uh, speaking of which by the way, my wife got tested <laughs> this week now don 't worry, she was for the most part asymptomatic, she had just oh. a or throw in a headache. And she said, you know what, out of an abundance of caution, I better go get tested because, you know what, better to be safe than sorry. And uh, the good news is she's negative. But um, she told me all about the experience, um, which is, which is it's not as bad as what some
1: people say. And I think oh, memos- I've heard some horror stories.
0: I know some people have said that, you know, that it's causing bleeding, you know, bleeding from the nose that dug up that high.
1: Like the thing is like this long. I mean, people can't see me, but I've got my fingers up like a foot long, right? Like yeah. this thing, like it's, they stick it up there.
0: Yeah, just think of a foot long sub from Subway. And um, Ooh. by the way, I'm a fan of Subway.
1: Ooh. Italian BMT? <laughs>
0: see, I go the chicken, I go the chicken fillet.
1: Oh, Subway, getting a little free advertising here. You're welcome, Subway. Yeah, thank us later. Uh, they
0: probably need it. I think they had some bad advertising a few years. Yeah. Ago, so uh, anyway, we don't need to go there. Uh, there is actually a Utah <laughs> football conversation that needs to be had, Steve, which is going to be cool. You went to a seven-on-seven tournament today, uh, today being Friday. Uh, what What is the date officially? Friday, July? 17th. 15th? 17th. 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 Yeah, 17th. 17th. Yeah, Friday 17th of July, Uh, you went to a seven-on-seven tournament. There is a a new prospect, I guess, in the transfer portal out of the University of Arizona that's sparking some interest. Uh, He's a linebacker. Utah needs linebacking help. We can touch base on Tony Fields and uh, discuss whether or not we think he's an option for the Utah football coaching and recruiting staff to go after. And I've heard, uh, and I should have called you about this, because I heard this yesterday, on, on Thursday, I was informed that the there's going to be a new Utah football schedule that will be released. Uh, so, um, so Utah, and you might have already heard this. We haven't chatted about it, Steve. I don't know where you're at, but you probably already know, as uh, you know more than I do. But... Utah will be uh, being informed of a new Pac-12 football schedule. And the rumor is that on September 12th, this is just a rumor, okay? So please do not shoot the messenger if this doesn't eventuate. But on September 12th, Utah will be playing, I do not know home or away, I don't know, but they will be playing the Oregon Ducks, who were not originally on the schedule prior to... The cancellation of non-conference games. Steve, would you like to comment?
1: Yeah, I think this is something that that we reported at Ute Zone, it, and and what I was told, and I didn't share this with you either, Tom, and and I apologize from one co-host to another here. Uh, Both at fault? So what I was told is that uh, it will be Oregon coming to Utah to Ooh. play the Utes at Rice-Eccles Stadium, September twelfth. What's interesting is. I think this means that we'll see a a completely revamped schedule because what it it means for Utah is they now have, I think, five home games and five away games, which, you know, that's an ideal schedule, right? Like, perfectly balanced home and away. Uh, However, for Oregon, it means they have six road games and four uh, home games. So, uh, kind of a little unfair, uh, obviously. The ducks, you know, they've got the talent to, to run the table, regardless this season. But I think that will. I think that means that we will see a completely um, revamped schedule, like you like you said. And and I think what we'll see is five games, home and away for for every program in the Pac twelve. I think they'll do a ten game schedule, and and I think that's kind of what we expect. And again. Don't shoot the messengers here. We just share what we have been informed. Things can change as they tend to uh, in this business, especially in this COVID-19 era that we're in. Things can change from day to day, from week to week. So uh, what we report, you know, may not be the same. But as of right now, it sounds like Oregon, Utah, September 12th, Rice-Eccles Stadium. Um, And I think the Pac-12 has made a comment that things – Schedule should be finalized on or around July thirty first. So we should get schedule news by then, and and everything should be finalized at that point.
0: Yeah, I heard yesterday that that Utah was expecting news either yesterday Thursday or today Friday. That hasn't eventuated. So so hopefully next week, um, or at at the latest the thirty first. Hey, if we could backtrack just a minute, and I, I do apologize, uh, I haven't done as much homework as I probably would have liked to have done by now when it comes to just Utah football opponents. Now, in in my defense, uh, Oregon were not on the original um, opponent list. But the narrative surrounding Oregon and, and the influx of talent, that they have on their roster. And I'm curious, Steve, I'd love to get your perspective if, if you, I imagine you know more about the Ducks, certainly than I do. You know, their the most important position on the football field is the quarterback position. They are losing top 10 NFL first-round caliber talent in Justin Herbert. Who will replace Herbert? And And what makes people throughout the entire country, for that matter, believe that... The Ducks are a perennial powerhouse in
1: 2020. So what you're looking at with the Ducks is that, you know, they're returning a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Similarly to what Utah had last year on defense where, you know, they returned basically every starter. That's kind of what you're looking at with the Ducks this year. They've got a, a tremendous secondary that, you know, they've got five, six, seven deep, um, in terms of guys that they'll rotate through in the secondary. So a lot of versatility in the secondary. They've also upped the talent along that defensive line. And I think, you know, unfortunately we saw um, that talent firsthand in that Pac-12 championship game with Kayvon Thibodeau and what he was able to do. He was a true freshman last year, and that's what's scary. Um, you know, what he was able to to do from about the midway point of last season on – he really kind of came into his own uh, as a pass rusher. So the, the the Ducks have a strong defense. They're going to be one of the best, one of the top defensive units in the conference. They'll be able to, you know, they generated a lot of turnovers last year, and that's something that they'll look to continue this season. For the Ducks on offense, what you're looking at, obviously you have to replace uh, the quarterback with Justin Herbert. But I think kind of the, the bigger issue for Oregon is their offensive line. The only player returning is Panay Sewell along that offensive line, and obviously that's a pretty good you know starting point to have your, your left tackle be one of the best players in college football, regardless of position. So, um, But at quarterback, what you're looking at, you're looking at Tyler Show uh, as kind of the odds-on favorite to be – to take over for Justin Herbert. Uh, he was part of that 2018 quarterback class that was pretty good that features uh, – that had Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Jack Tuttle was a part of that quarterback class. Tyler Show, he's a six foot four, kind of a slender guy, almost like an Alex Smith uh, for Ute fans that have been watching for years and years. So kind of that same mold where he's athletic, but he's really smart, really accurate with the ball. They're kind of looking at him to be the guy to take over post-Herbert era. So that's what you're looking at. They return a lot of skill players at running back and receiver and tight end. So they feel confident there. So that's kind of why there's a lot of, um, a lot of optimism surrounding the Ducks and their potential this season because they've got basically everything else except for the quarterback. Um, they've recruited a lot of talent. Uh, along the offensive line. And so despite losing four starters from last year's unit, they still have a lot of talent coming in um, that have been sitting behind those starters. So a lot of optimism for the Ducks. They they look to be the odds-on favorite uh, for the Pac-12 and, and to be one of the top programs in the country, if we have, obviously, a season.
0: So I um, I, I also heard, and I I don't know if this is public or not, but I, I was told that Oregon has had, like, somewhere but somewhere around 30 players test positive or covid is yes. is what i've been told so uh, not great news and utah's not releasing their tests uh, but i think we would all be foolish to believe that the entire utah football program is covid free i, th- I think there is um, undoubtedly players here or there that right that that have tested positive since the testing has begun so I look I you know it's exciting Steve I know you wanted to talk so I'll let you jump in
1: oh I was just gonna say I was listening to an interview uh recently with one of the the University of Utah medical people that's kind of you know monitoring that's kind of a key I can't remember the name I don't know the name to be honest but he made it sound like they're doing actually really well with the testing, that there haven't been a lot of tests since the players have gotten there. There have been positive tests of athletes, you know, coming from their own social groups and social networks. But since they've been in, you know, at, uh, at the facility on campus, they've, they've done really well is what he was saying. So, you know, there are going to be positive tests, like you said, but it does sound like they're doing well, I guess. I don't know. I I don't know what that really drug emoji.
0: Yeah, I mean we hope that they're doing well, and I think that the team that's uh, that that's in place up there on the hill has done an excellent job, of being uh, very cautious with mm. a move through this entire process. Carl Brennan, the assistant athletic director up there, has has essentially headlined that under Mark Harlan's guidance, and uh, and they seem to be. They seem to be, for now at least, doing well. We hope that trend uh, continues. But mm-hmm. um, look, I, I just, I still think that the college football season—you know—I'm I'm just so torn, Steve, as to whether or not yeah I see it because uh, a part of me says I just have a hard. A part of me's telling myself I have a hard time seeing the college football season yeah. take place because you know you're hearing reports of schools like Alabama and you know, Oregon and whatnot having 30 to 50 cases on, on a roster that's, you know, 120-odd people, so that's you know, nearly half, just under half the players have tested positive. But at the same time, you think, you know, this it's all about money. You know, that's what yeah. this is about, and this is a billion-dollar industry, and if there is no college football, you know, how many athletic departments can can stay afloat, you know. How many are going to suffer long term because of it? You know, you just you know. So, I, I just if I'm if I have to lean anywhere, I I just go out and and put my head on the chopping block and say I think there's going to be a college football season. I just I think they're going to find a way to make it happen. Uh, I, I do think though that one of the key factors, maybe the most important factor in having a college football season, Steve, would be that. The, the U.S. government, the, the, the medical agencies out there that are working night and day on trying to create a vaccine, you know, the, the, the least that they can do for now is create a test for hopefully for everybody, but specifically for players uh, and or people like the frontline workers that are putting themselves at risk every single day create a test that gives a result an accurate result at that within minutes right because then what you can do is you can say okay we're going to all arrive at the stadium we're going to get there a few minutes before we normally would we're going to go through testing and we're all going to find out if you know who who can play and who can't play and if you test positive you're you know put in a wrapped up in bubble wrap and get sent back to wherever, you know, the hotel room or wherever. But if you don't have the virus, you can play. I, I think that's reasonable. If you don't have the virus, you can play. But the problem we stand in right now is testing for a, a lot of these players uh, and I know professionally too Major League Soccer, the NBA right now going through it in the in the Orlando. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it still takes them a, a decent amount of time to get their test results back, if I'm not mistaken. So um, for college football to go forward, I, I'm a firm believer that you know, we might not have a vaccine. I think that's pretty evident. Yeah. That we can have a vaccine come September 12th. but if we can create a test that, uh, and maybe they already have them. I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but create a test that gives results, accurate results in minutes. I think that goes a long way in ensuring the safety uh, of the players, uh, the coaching staff, and key personnel that are that are on that team bus. So, um,
1: yeah, That's yeah, Just I'm, my two cents. I, no, I'm I'm with you there. I think that would be a great step in securing you know, at providing some sense of safety and protection for, you know, the student athletes that are going to be competing, you know, specifically football. And, you know, I was at a camp in earlier today down in Orem and, you know, I'm watching these kids and it's like, how are you going to be able to protect these kids while they're competing? There's no way you're gonna, even with the helmet and even with the face shield, there's no way you're going to be able to protect these players And that it's the silliest thing I've seen, you know, the NFL has worked with Oakley to create a face shield to look, you are literally, it's a contact sport and you're literally shoulder to shoulder breathing on this guy inches away from his face. And, and the only way that you're going to provide protection uh, from from COVID nineteen is is what you're saying. Instant testing to make sure that players are healthy when they enter the the field, and that they're they're healthy afterwards. That's really the only way you're going to be able to keep these guys safe. Um, I was talking with with uh, a buddy of mine who works in compliance at another university, just not the University of Utah, but uh, he's a, he's at another program and. He's talked about how damaging this is going to be for a lot of universities and programs and athletic departments across the country. Uh, it's scary to think of of what can happen uh, this over the next few months with this. I think Utah's done a very good job of, they've been They've always been smart with their money with the revenue that they've generated. And I don't think Utah, the university of Utah specifically is in much danger of, of seeing sports cut. Uh, But I I think you're going to see a lot of schools announce that they've cut certain sports just because of how reliant they are on that football revenue. So really scary. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting that to that point with you, Tom, where it's looking really, really iffy if we're going to have a college football season. Um, you know, I've tried to stay, and, and you have too as well. Um, you know, we've tried to stay optimistic with with this, and and you know, hope for the fact that we, because it is so reliant, you know, that that the University of Utah and all these programs are relying on football to generate that revenue that they're they would find a way somehow to uh, to make a season happen. You know, I just I just don't know anymore i now that we're getting to the nitty gritty of preparing for the college football season where we're supposed to be you know preparing for fall camp, it doesn't feel like we're any closer to fall camp than we were four months ago, and it's such a weird feeling um, that it's just it's it still feels like we're at the bottom of a mountain. That we have to climb in order to get a college football season. It just it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel optimistic at this point. And I, you know, I don't know how if you're feeling any different than you were a couple months ago. But I'm, I'm definitely starting to to worry.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I get it. The good news, and this is kind of what's keeping me um, optimistic, because I'm sure there are a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are just down in the dumps, uh, potentially contemplating fall without college football is, um, you know, a couple months ago, Steve, we didn't have any sport, everything shut. I mean, the world shut down from a sporting standpoint, there was nothing for like, you know, a solid two months there. And then I think the Thailand baseball league came back and a few others started popping up here and there. And, uh, we at least have, you know, we've got the PGA Tour right now going on. We've got Major League Soccer. We've got the NBA about to start. It seems and sounds like the NFL's planning on picking up and running, you know, where they left off last year and not had, So, you know, there are sports in North America specifically mm-hmm. uh, are up and running. And uh, I think that is what's given me hope that. It's not like a couple months ago when there was nothing. How how on earth were we going to find a way to get any sport back? Now we have sport back. So but, college football has learned anything from the the leagues that are back at the minute. Then you know, hopefully they can find a way to make something work. But it's a, I, I get it's very different. College football's very very different than the NFL. And you know, these the student athletes, as they call them, this isn't their full time job. Although it certainly Mm -hmm. like it when you when you're in the midst of it all they they do have school uh that they have to attend and so there are a few more obligations on their plate than what these professionals uh, are dealing with they they can just fixate their entire life and time towards whatever they're competing in but um that's what gives me hope anyway we we don't need to spend more time going back and forth because i just have the answers and the other, you know, the other thing is, you know, it was just a couple of weeks ago. You know, maybe, maybe it was about a month ago now here in Utah when, you know, we were we were looking really good. You know, we yeah just yeah, under two hundred cases a day. You know, in the grand things, mm-hmm. there's three and a half odd million people in the state. That's nothing. You know, we were looking great, and then all of a sudden, you know, as time's crept on by, it's slowly and gradually got gotten worse. And the ICU capacity now is kind of getting. to a a point where it's looking potentially dangerous. And so, you know, it's just who on earth knows what the future holds. But this is what I do know. One day, however however far away that day is, we will get out of this and there will be a vaccine. And although life may not be uh, like it used to be, it'll certainly feel uh, a lot more normal than it does now. And I think that's all that anybody cares about. So in the meantime, wear your bloody mask. You know, even if you don't want to, because there are people out there that are relying on you to do it. Frontline workers, your grandparents, your parents, whoever it may be. Uh, and, and college football fans, for crying out loud. You know, we want college football. So yeah. just wear a mask for college football, if that's what it's going to take. Um, hey, you were, let's get into some recruiting stuff. You were at a seven on yeah. seven uh, down in Orem, you mentioned earlier. Who, um, who was on show?
1: So it was actually a, a big man camp. It was an offensive oh. line, defensive line camp. The, there is a seven on seven tomorrow that I'll be attending. But today was, was the big man camp. So it was down at Orham High School. Um, and there were actually quite a few athletes from out of state that came to to play um, Some some kids out of California, some kids out of Washington and Hawaii. So kind of a big camp that. Uh, just was put together giant skills. Shout out to Chris Talamaveo, um, former USC offensive lineman has put this together and he's kind of built some inroads with a lot of people in the state of Utah. Aaron Amama is a big, uh, he's a big part in in what they do here in Utah and, you know, he's starting to to help those guys out a lot. So I was down there. Um, There were a few Utah targets that were in attendance. Mason Murphy, and uh, oh man, Saya, I'm gonna butcher his name, Saya. Oh man, hold on, let me pull it up. This is this is bad podcasting right here. That's um, all right.
0: That's what the people came for.
1: I gotta I gotta pull it up here. So Mason Murphy, A defensive line. No, he was he was an offensive tackle. So Saya Mapa Kaitolo, uh, out of Bishop Alamani – in Mission Hills, California. Uh, Those were probably the top two prospects in attendance. Kingsley Sua Suamataia, out of Orem High School, was there, but he wasn't participating in the camp. He was just there to, you know, kind of taking it in and seeing the competition and and all of that. Uh, So there were a few other local prospects. Jason Ayou out of Orem High School uh, that was there competing. Uh, A lot of local kids, a lot of local talent, uh, was in attendance. It was a lot of fun to get out there and 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 just kind of watch the action. Again, the not a two, lot of. I
0: was just going to say the top two recruits or prospects you mentioned. What what stars? What star level are they at?
1: So high level three stars. So gotcha. Um, so just some three star prospects. Which you know, I mean, when we're talking about high school football, it still is pretty darn good when you're talking top four hundred and fifty player in the nation and top five hundred and seventy five player in the nation. So some pretty good talent was in attendance there. Um I'll be back out they're gonna be at back at it again tomorrow morning. So I'll be down there again and then heading to that seven on seven later in the day tomorrow. So a lot of a lot of football action uh going on this weekend. Hope to have more in terms of Utah prospects. Um hope to have more tomorrow for sure.
0: Hey, we, uh, we teased at the top of the show uh, Tony Fields, the Arizona Light yep. uh, a multi-year starter down there in Tucson. One of the key pieces to, uh, I wouldn't call it a great Arizona defense by any stretch of right. imagination, but look, uh, they're a Pac-12 program. They certainly have pieces to that puzzle that are influential mm-hmm. and uh, that could potentially play um, at other Pac-12 schools, Utah included, especially in 2020. You think about how much talent Utah lost uh, on the defensive side of the ball uh, in 2019. I know I've mentioned it uh, before. I'll mention it again. Nine starters on defense were lost following the conclusion of the 2019 season. They have a large task on their hand as Morgan Scally and uh, and Co. Uh, up there on the hill, could Tony Fields potentially be a target to play alongside Devon Lloyd in two thousand and twenty? Steve, what do you make of it
1: yeah you know it's it 's interesting, so he he actually just officially entered the transfer portal earlier today, so he he kind of announced his intentions to transfer the other day, and you know we saw a flurry of you know coaches following him on Twitter and him following coaches. Uh, but he actually just officially entered uh, the transfer portal earlier today. So coaches can now start to contact him officially. Uh, and this is something where I think it makes a lot of sense for, for Tony Fields. If he's, I think, the, the driving factor for him in, in looking to get away from Arizona. Uh, one, he just, obviously, when you lose a lot, you're going to be upset. You're not going to be happy. Uh, but I think the big thing for him is he wants to play in the NFL. And uh, according to people that I've talked to, he wants to to go somewhere where he feels he can develop and improve his draft stock and draft potential. And when you look at what Utah's done, you know, namely with, with Francis Bernard and, and other transfer guys that have come here for a year or so, uh, Utah has kind of developed a little little bit of a track record uh, with with bringing in transfers and having success with those guys. So I think there is interest, um, you know, from from Utah's point of view. I think that they were, uh, you know, obviously you're going to do your due diligence on these types of transfers. Like why would a three-year starter at a program look to transfer? You know, I think you, you, you wanna, you're interested, you're curious as to why he would leave. But I think, uh, you know, if you're looking at this, if if he's serious, I think Utah uh, is is going to be one of the top programs for him to consider. Uh, but it, and it would make uh, it would make uh, it would be a, a very good pickup. It would be a very key pickup for Utah if they're able to land Tony Fields and bring him to the program. Just because, like you said, you pair him with with Devin Lloyd, that's arguably one of the top linebacking combos, if not the best in the conference. And I think for for fields, you don't want to transfer somewhere where you're completely unfamiliar with the opponents for one year. I think you want to go somewhere where, you know, obviously you're going to have to learn a new playbook, but I think you want to have some familiarity with the opponents. And for Utah, being in the same division, you know, you have that in your your favor as well. And so that eliminates a little bit of – things that he's going to have to adjust to. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And and then it obviously alleviates some of the, the depth concerns for this season, and it gives the young guys that they're bringing into the program somebody that they can learn from, a guy that's been productive as he has over the last three years. It gives them someone, someone to learn from, uh, to talk to about things, and it would just be a, a very good, good addition to the program for sure if, if Fields elects to come to Utah. We will
0: uh, will be sure to keep you guys up to date with uh, with Phil and where he decides to pursue his um, his next chapter in his uh, bright footballing career. Hey, there is a, a subject that we we do need to touch on. We haven't touched on it yet, and you know I think we'd be doing Utah fans and 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 followers of its Utah's World podcast a disservice if we if we didn't bring this up. But there's been a um, there's been an ongoing back and forth, if you will, between. Ryan Lacey and the University of Utah. Um, and, and I'll fill you guys in, Steve. Feel free to intrude uh, if, if I'm missing anything. But it's my understanding that when the news broke regarding Morgan Scally a month and a half ago now, um, when he was suspended for being accused of, uh, or, or rather he admitted to using a racial slur via a text message in 2013, Ryan Lacey came forward via Twitter and accused uh, Morgan Scally of calling him the N-word in 2008. Now, in, in 2013, Ryan Lacey was a senior. He approached Coach Scally, Morgan Scally, about it, and the two exchanged words. And uh, by all accounts, um, everything seemed to have settled. But when, when Scalley was accused uh, and admitted, rather, of using a racial slur, a month and a half ago, Lacey decided it, it was time that he stepped forward and request an official apology from Morgan Scally himself. Now, a fair bit has unfolded since then. Um, uh, Ryan Lacey, of course, if, if you don't remember Ryan Lacey, he was a, an old safety uh, coach. Morgan Scally was his uh, position coach, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he did some nice things while, while, uh, while a member at, at the University of Utah. Uh, and on the football team. But since then, Lacey has received death threats. Uh, he has had to take uh, voluntary furlough, if you will, unpaid from his job. I believe he lives in, in Houston, uh, in Texas, or somewhere in Texas. And he has felt that his family is in danger due to the death threats that he has received since accusing Morgan Scully of using the N-word. Now, there's been uh, no official apology made by Morgan Scally. Uh I'll read you uh, uh, the tweet that came out late-ish last night from Ryan Lacey himself, uh, and it's kind of an update on where things are at. Um, he says, uh, I-, I do not support Safety Pride or the University of Utah at all anymore. After speaking to the organization, I'm done. I've had to separate uh, from my job behind threats and lies. As a father, I will teach my son to understand how infectious a racial slur can be. So um, it sounds as though Lacey has been in contact, Steve, with with somebody up at the University of Utah and no progress was made regarding uh, the issue. Uh, It's it's certainly an ugly one. i don't know how the conversation went it, it obviously sounds like it didn't go very well, but uh I guess we we should probably do some digging uh, and potentially see if ryan would would jump on the podcast with us just to talk about kind of his experience what 's all going on and uh, and what he what he hopes happens which so I think this is relevant now because forever you know prior to last night when he tweeted that he does not support Coach Scally or the University of Utah his narrative was that he, he he never wanted Morgan Scally to be fired and he and he doesn't have any any hatred towards the University of Utah he, he simply was just asking for an apology um, now that that's changed he's now he's come out and said that he doesn't support Morgan Scally or the university anymore so uh, obviously something happened there was a phone call that took place between Lacey and somebody up there on the hill plan uh or at least to, to lacy's plans and he has turned his narrative to now be against the university and morgan scally so just just an update for our listeners that maybe aren't on twitter that that don't get to to, to yeah. see all of this unfold but um yeah you know i again i don't have much information and the information i do have i it 's not for me to share, um but if we mm-hmm. Lacey on the podcast uh he can tell you his side of the story, obviously we could try and get Morgan Scally, but there 's no way he would he would be he would be open to talking about this i look I imagine as well you know the more i 've thought about it, I imagine Morgan Scally has signed some some lawyer lawyer documents that state he probably can 't talk about the matter anyway. Lacey, on the other hand, it seems like he can so um Anyway, it's it's ugly. I I just think yeah. it's one of the situations that could get really ugly. You know, especially if now, you know, let's just say Lacey has uh, eyewitnesses or people that overheard the, the language used by Scally in two thousand and eight. Uh if he decides to go get lawyers himself and and take it to court, I mean, oh my goodness, I you know, it's yeah. I just want, look, I'll stay, you know, I don't care what eventuates, honestly, if if, if the university ends up having to get rid of Morgan Scalley because of the whole thing, you know, so be it. But as long as whatever is the right thing to do, I think the right thing needs to be done in a situation like this, right? It's,
1: man, it's, it's a tough situation for sure. It's unfortunate to see this. You never want to see this kind of stuff. Like this, it's just, it's painful. It hurts uh, to see... Somebody feel this way about a school that you root for, a school that, you know, Utah have uh, very close ties to and have been a part of, you know, I'm sure it hurts on a, on a different level uh, than, than for fans that, you know, are just in the stands. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think the thing here is, you know, you fans just need to continue to show support of Ryan Lacey, Um, regardless of, of what, what is being said and 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 how he feels, I think just continuing to show him support um, will will go a long way, and I think you fans can make a difference um, in in this situation i don 't know you know what what is going on between he and Morgan Scally i you know I have no information on that regard and and I'm sure Tom, you are correct that you know Scally probably has signed some sort of um, some sort of document that prohibits him from, from talking on the matter. Um, but it's, it's tough, man. Like you just, you hate to see this um, and to see where Lacey was, you know, a few weeks ago where he, he stated, he did not want to see Scally fired, but you know, he wanted to see something to where he is now. It's sad. And, and you hate to see, you know, players, alums, um, Kind of go through that you hate to see any any player you know kind of disassociate with a program where they spent four three, four years of their lives uh, and so it's tough, but I think you know youth fans can like I said, you can make a difference, just continue to to show support. Uh, I think Lacey is obviously going through a very tough time right now. Uh, with what he's had to do for his family. It's unfortunate that there have been threats against his family, and I hope that any youth fan, I hope that there are no, you know, I don't know who did it. I don't know who sent threats. Um, I would hope that it was not youth fans, true youth fans, um, that did that. And I, I doubt it, you know, I like <laughs> it, like this This is a tough subject to talk about, but I hope that it, it, they weren't actually you fans. Uh, which, you know, it's, it's, it's sick that there are people out there that, that do this kind of thing and, and find fun in it. But there are people that do this kind of thing and find fun in it, uh, out there in the world. So it's tough, but I, I yeah. think, yeah, you know, you just want to see, you hope to see some sort of communication between the two. You hope to see that you hope to see, uh, some sort of revolution resolution. Um, but I think for you fans, um, just continue to be positive with Lacey and positive towards him. I think that'll go a long way for him.
0: Yeah. Look, I, my whole thing is if Morgan Scali said the N word to him, then own up to it. I mean, like, come on, yeah. be a man and, and talk to him and apologize and make things right. And if that means you lose your job because of it, then you know what? You, you've done the right thing. And that's all that matters. Um, especially in today's day and age. I mean, for the love, You, you, the least we need is just a little bit of transparency here and there.
1: And I I think that's kind of the tough thing is the investigation looked into what Lacey accused, and you know, while it didn't, you know, it it turned up to be you know pretty positive. And and again, you would hope that that the investigation it was done by a third party for a reason. Um, So it's it's just it's tough all around. Um, But yeah, again, you you just hope that there's some sort of resolution for, for Lacey and and for Scally moving forward.
0: Yeah. I'll say this. Um, and I mean it when I say it, I'm not joking, but I'll say, look, if, if, if one, one individual that listens to this podcast, um, happened to be one of the individuals that's, that's threatening Lacey and his family, then, then just please do do Steve and myself the favor and click on subscribe uh, we do not want you listening to the podcast. Uh, we do not appreciate you. We, you know, just just do us a favor and, and unsubscribe. We do not contone any of that activity. We Far from it. We're all about love uh, and trying to just get get each other bites. Why we do the podcast, Steve? It's yeah. really the only reason is for avid Utah fans out there to tune in. Uh, and take their minds off whatever may be bothering them for 30 minutes to an hour once a week, um, build them in on the insight that we both have and talk about, you know, the hot, the hot Utah football subjects of the week. Yeah. So, uh, the last thing we need is for listeners of this show to be out there threatening former players uh, about, you know, quite frankly, about something they have no idea about because right. who and I don't have any idea about it? You know, so... There's a pretty good chance that those people that are threatening Lacey, they just have no idea as to what really unfolded and uh, keep your mouth shut. Uh, but we will not end the podcast on a negative note because it's a Friday, Steve, and Fridays are a good day of the week. My favorite day of the week, I believe, in fact. And, uh, and so we will end the podcast wishing everybody a happy weekend. Please stay safe. Please wear a mask. And most importantly, love your loved ones. Hug them harder than you have in the past because there are people around us dying left, right, and center. And, uh, boy, it's, uh, it's, it's a little scary, I think, uh, for lack of a better word. But, Steve, it's been a pleasure. It is every week. I can't wait to procrastinate for another week. And at about 4.45 on uh, Friday, next Friday, next yep. Friday, Friday's Pioneer Day. Perfect. So,
1: what a perfect day to not do a podcast.
0: Yeah, so let's do this <laughs> Thursday, please. And uh, I'll do my best on, on trying to remember that, but there's a good chance. Same here. Same here. On Friday. We uh, Yeah. <laughs> like uh, Steve, uh, just when I was thinking about making a pizza for, for Friday night dinner, we, we ought to probably record a podcast nonetheless. Uh, much love to you, my friend. Hey, holy cow. Tom, what are you doing? We recorded a golf episode this week. Do yourself. Oh, yes, we did. Check out Sportsbe Channel 5 uh, about 11 o'clock Sunday evening to see Big Phil Mickelson, aka Steve <laughs> Bartle, hit bombs at the Ogden Golf and Country Club. It was fun. Thanks for being a uh, true sport and tagging along on late notice, Steve. Uh, and most importantly, enjoy your, your 7 on 7 tournament uh, tomorrow. Uh, and again, we'll be back next week with more. Utah football information. It's Utah as well. That was a bad out, and I'm just going to click end right now.